Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have got a special solo episode for you today. We're going to try something a little diff. Oh, a little different today. It means we're lonely. No guest in the studio. It's just a dumb, empty chair. Yeah, so, like, we wanted to be able to um, start, like hearing from more folks about their mental health experiences and so we decided to start surveying people on social media yeah, uh, very, with questions yeah pretty informal surveys but just basically sending out a question saying hey we'd like your feedback because we're going to share it on the show and that's exactly what we're going to do now yep we're going to prove it to you that we're do we're going to do it yeah so today we can forecast that the question is going to be what is the most useful thing you learned in therapy is that the uh, question what's an important lesson you learned in therapy yeah what's an important lesson you learned in therapy so we heard from a lot of folks and mm -hmm. so we're really gonna that's gonna be the meat of our episode today is trying to get through all of those responses and we're probably gonna criticize a lot of the responses too <laughs> <laughs> no they were all i was like blown away yeah. by the quality of the responses i was like check 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 mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll get into those shortly but uh first we gotta do the business we gotta do the business so you're listening to two nuts in a pod on 106.5 forward radio you can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org you can also find us on streaming services Castbox, google play soundcloud apple podcast you can also find us on social media platforms Facebook, Two Nuts in a Pod with two TWO spelled out. And Instagram with Two Nuts in a Pod, but it's the number two, Two Nuts in a Pod. You can also email us anytime, 24 7, 365 at Two Nuts in a Podcast at gmail.com. We will answer your email within one minute to a year, somewhere in between. Yeah, we can promise you that. Yeah, that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> Certified, stamped. <laughs> stamped. One day to one year, you will get a response. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So business out of the way. Check. Check. <laughs> so let's get right into how are you for real? Okay. So this is always how we start our episodes. We talk about what people don't talk about a lot, which is how they're actually feeling. Yeah. Um, usually how are you is kind of like a substitute for hi. People don't really respect, expect a substantial response. Um, so usually it's just like, fine, okay, can't complain, hunky-dory. <laughs> <laughs> hunky-dory will always be my go-to, just hashtag hunky-dory for life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if someone tells me they're hunky-dory, I'm going to be like, honestly, I, I, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so people give very generic responses. Generally, it seems like people say, how are you, and they don't actually really care. They just are saying hello. So... I think I think they're the weirdos and the normal people like us are people who want to go into like 30 minute, you know, segments of how we're doing in yeah. life. Just from like, you know, everything in our personal life, our professional life, how I feel about the future, how I feel about my past, how I'm feeling right now. You know, I can talk for a long time about that. So it's that's good. why we're so popular with our coworkers. Yeah, that's why it, <laughs> just, people are like, just don't ask them how they are because they will not stop talking it about will take it. Take thirty minutes out of your work day. <laughs> you might be crying at the end of it. Like, who knows? <laughs> I find it's a nice little hack for like cocktail parties, though. Mm. Because, cocktail party hack. <laughs> because um, people usually open. So, like, what have you been up to? How are you doing? And. Uh, 
it just like kind of steals a little bit of my soul when I have to give the same answer a hundred times at that one party of oh, just yeah. like, work is fine, my family's fine, um, what else is new? Um, I don't know. Like, it just... <laughs> I think about death every single moment of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. But if you give them a real response of how you're doing, like, emotionally... Uh, it starts a really much more interesting conversation because then you get to hear how they're doing emotionally too. And you have fewer but longer conversations with people. Mm, I like that because I like to banter a lot. Like I can tell if I really connect with someone if I can just banter back and forth. I either like to banter or like really deep conversations. I don't like anything in between. So everything else sucks. So I either want to banter with you or real deep conversations that's it yeah so that's what i want at cocktail parties from now and i hope everyone takes note of that yeah don't bother talking to emo if you can't meet those two (laughs) qualifications if if we're not bantering or having a deep conversation we're we're not friends i guess so yeah i don't know sorry that tickled i was just trying to think of how i would open up like a bantery conversation like how you doing you old dog (laughs) i don't know (laughs) <laughs> and I would like that. I'm I would sick go... son of a bee. <laughs> I would go back and forth with that. Especially if you could like point it like I'm very observational, so like I like to look at things and like poke fun at things and that's just, you know, my style. So like if we can if I can be with someone at a party and we're just like making fun of like the whole idea of a party, like I will I will probably like that person a lot. Nice. So that's cool. so everyone's on alert. Yeah. We know <laughs> you know how to win Emo's heart. <laughs> So, um, Emo, how are you for real? Uh, to be honest, I, I feel like I was doing pretty good. My birthday's coming up. It is the start of Scorpio season and, uh, Ooh, spooky Scorpios. And, uh, my birthday is coming up. I will be 35 years old, which is. Welcome to the terrifying club. We're welcome to the terrifying (laughs) club. So I can't wait for that day. Uh, so no, it's really. I've been doing fine. I've uh, been doing well with friends and family and everything. It just seems like, uh, and work and all that stuff's going fine. I just had a, last night, I just had a particularly dark moment. And I'm not really sure how it happened, but it just happened. And it kind of escalated quickly and got into really dark thoughts. And I just, I was like, what is going on? Like, how did that just spark? Because I was having a really good night, had a lot of fun, was with friends and did some dancing and stuff, which, you know, is like my favorite thing in the world besides mm-hmm. my bantering. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I couldn't get out of that funk. And I went to bed just in a funk and I woke up in a funk and it was like, what is going on? Like, and I honestly don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what sparked it, but I think a lot of it had to do with, um, relationships that I've had and really negative relationships and just, and we've, we've talked about it and you and me on the show and privately that uh, I've had relationships that were particularly toxic and then I felt, I felt manipulated. I felt like I had been gaslighted at different times. Um, I felt mistreated. I am a very emotionally intelligent and emotionally available person hmm. and that can sometimes be abused. And I think people don't realize when they're abusing it. And, and that, you know, and sometimes I don't even know. I'm just like, oh yeah, basically 
I'm giving a lot of myself and not getting much in return. You get used as a therapist. Yeah, I get used as a therapist. And, you know, not to make people uncomfortable on the airwaves, but, like, I get used emotionally and physically. <laughs> and, like, and that's a, that's a, that's, it's not fun. And it's, it can suck a lot. And that's, that's been weighing heavily on me for, like, the past couple of years. It's, like, most of my therapy sessions, too, is, like, focusing on that stuff. And, yeah, so I've just really struggled with it. And I think it just boiled into a lot of anger last night. And I didn't take it out on anyone. I didn't do anything negative. I didn't, you know, I just kind of went to bed with it. But it just, like, really frustrated me. And I still feel it today. Like, I'm, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in a spunky mood. But I'm also kind of still a little down and worn. I'm, I'm tired from it. I'm tired from thinking about that. So, yeah, that's, so I guess it's not super positive how I feel right now. But uh, I'm I'm hopeful. I did. I think I mentioned at least to Lizzie before that I've noticed that I've started to bounce back quicker from like negative thoughts and negative feelings mm-hmm. and, and difficult situations and sad stuff. I bounce back pretty quick. And this one just felt a little darker and just a little more like now I'm like angry and I'm angry with people in my life and I don't know what to do about that. So, yeah. And sometimes I feel like I've been great at creating boundaries and just straight up not talking to some people anymore. And other times it's just like, nope, I just keep bringing them back in and they keep bringing them back in. And Lizzie and I have joked before that I'm catnip for crazy people. And, you know, yeah. I, we use that term crazy lightly here, but like, yeah, it, it is kind of true. Like I, you know, I'm like a drug for some people. And um, I've noticed that with, with how my personality works and how, how people treat that sometimes. And it, it, it's becoming a little, a little darker for me than, um, Yes, I don't really know how to explain it or how to wrap my head around it, but I got therapy tomorrow, so I'm going to talk to him about that. Perfect. Well, it's nice that I hate when those feelings come out of nowhere. Like, you really can't find what the trigger was. Yeah. But, you know, feelings are weird like that. It's like passing clouds. It's just sometimes they just pop up, and then if it's a particularly disturbing one... Your brain just wants to pull it apart and just keep pulling at it and pulling at it. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, it can give you some deep reflection, but it can also, you know, cause a lot of bad feelings that just, you just keep spiraling. And it's good that you have therapy because then you can really like resolve them without having to, you know, stay all in your head about it. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm I'm glad to have that that resource and that support network. And I have a I have a lot I have an extensive support network, lots of help and and great people around me. But uh, yeah, it's just been some of those few relationships that have been pretty toxic. And I'm just like, man, like did this not happen when I was younger or, or am I just noticing things more now? So it just I don't know. It sucks, but <laughs> they agree that it sucks. They're like this sucks too, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, Lizzie, how are you for real? Uh, so I'm thinking from the last time we recorded, um, I was last time I was really freaked out because I was um, switching a medication for my benzo tapering plan and the dosage was incorrect. And I was really scared that that was not going to get corrected and that it was going to be a very rough few weeks. But it got corrected. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the switch to the different benzo, keeping at the, there was a a dose reduction, but keeping at that dose reduction, 
I'm having way my withdrawal symptoms are like so much better. That's awesome. Like I'm still having waves of anxiety, but I'm not having like spikes of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was having a lot of like stomach issues and those have stopped. So, um, yeah, I just, for anyone going off of benzos, I highly recommend the Ashton manual. It's by Heather Ashton, who was, a psychopharmacologist is the word for it but she i didn't know that was a word so (laughs) it might not be i might might have just made it up i know she has like whatever uh, she she has passed now but whatever her title was is very long and complicated but uh she worked with a lot of folks who were going off of benzos and that's why her manual is still considered like you know this like Bible for people going off of benzos. For, pe- for people that don't know, what is it? What's benzos mean? Um, benzodiazepines, I think, um, and they are basically anti-anxiety drugs that have a sedating effect, mm. and uh, they almost seem like magic pills at first because they really do like erase anxiety, and they do that by actually like in your brain like it's in effect it's like it's literally slowing down your thoughts Mm. so when you've got you know all of that those usually when you're anxious you've you've got those racing thoughts flying around so um it's actually uh gaba is the chemical that it's increasing i believe that is calming down your nervous system and slowing down your thoughts Um, But the problem with them is that they're highly addictive because you just keep needing more and more to get that same feeling. Uh, And eventually they just won't even work at all. Yeah. Um, So I'd only increased like a couple times. Um, So I was on a relatively low dose, but I was taking it every day for a while, like at least a year and a half, I think. And... Yeah, I just found, oh, I'm more anxious than ever. I'm more depressed than ever. And some of that was COVID too. But um, yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff now that I look back and can contribute to yeah, the benzo abuse, yeah. essentially. Because you're really only supposed to be on a benzo like short term, especially like the one I was taking out of Ann. You're really not supposed to be on it more than like four weeks. It's supposed to be a really temporary intervention. So, um, yeah, nobody told me that when they prescribed it to me. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, so they did, at a certain point, my former psychiatrist, um, the one who tried to prescribe me lithium, then I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, I don't even have bipolar. I'm not going to take lithium. Uh, But she, after, you know noticing that they weren't working was basically like that's not going to help you and she just started like you know reducing the amount that i was getting and saying like you know you really shouldn't be taking this as much but she never told me why Hmm. like if someone had just explained the things i just listed yeah as like this is what happens with long-term use i definitely would have approached it more cautiously i seriously asked her point blank one day what's wrong with taking this every day and all she said was, it's not going to help. Hmm. And yeah, that's true. 
but it actually hurts you as well. Yeah. It's not just that it's not going to help, like it's going to actually hurt in the long run. So um, anyway, uh, that was a huge relief. And so now on I'm on Valium now, which is longer acting and therefore has less withdrawal symptoms um, between doses, but also just in general. And um, I'm following the Ashton manual with the a really slow tapering schedules. So I shouldn't have very many withdrawal symptoms. You know, it should pretty much stay steady with what I'm experiencing now, gotcha. uh, which, you know, is good. I like, I've been, yeah, I've been is, feeling good. This is good news. Yeah. And, uh, I started, but I have been a little stressed cause I started a st- statistics class uh, that's a hard word to say. It is too difficult to say. I'd say, honestly, stats. <laughs> we change, yeah, just change it to stats. Yeah. So I started that class last week, and it's a six-week class. Oh, sorry, week before last. So this, I just finished my second week of the – it's an online six-week course. It's just a lot of content. And I was telling Emery before we started recording that it's just taking a lot of – well, not a ton, but it's taking some of my free time away, which feels overwhelming because I think a lot of us as adults just already feel like we don't have enough time in the day to get all the things done. Yeah. And so when you just throw in that one extra thing, there's those, at least at first, it's kind of like, how is this possible? So I keep finding myself just like, you know, really like planning my days down to the minute. Of like, how am I going to get all of this done? Yeah. And, um, it's actually pretty easy to get a lot of stuff done. You just never sleep. So <laughs> there you go. Then honestly, you can finish a lot of stuff. Perfect. Well, and if I didn't need my like requisite minimum of two hours of TV watching every day. Yeah. You have to have that. To stay sane. <laughs> I could get a lot more done. So those of you who were like, I don't watch TV. I'm like. You probably are so productive. Yeah, like, good. And also, you're a dork. Like, <laughs> cool. You don't watch TV. How do you like, know anything about pop culture if yeah, you don't like, watch TV? All right, you're a total dork. Like, <laughs> congratulations. You don't watch TV. You're better than us. Like, have you seen TV lately? There's so many amazing things on TV. It's, yeah, I just finished, uh, Seth and I just finished the most recent season of You. Highly recommend. I haven't seen any of those seasons. Oh, you were in for a treat. Okay, don't tell me anything. Just, yeah, just watch it. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Okay, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, and report back. Okay. So I want to talk about how good it is. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Um, Let's take a break and go to uh, to our big segment. Yeah. So we will be right back. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. 
Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back, and uh, we're going to hit these surveys. Booyah! I'm sorry, I've never, I've never said that in my life. <laughs> I'm really happy you did. That's how excited we are. We're so pumped. Uh, so yeah, I um, presented a question on my Facebook. It's a social media platform. And basically said, the question is, what's an important lesson you learned in therapy? And I made it kind of, you know, I didn't want to say the most important lesson or just anything. Just what's an important lesson? And I want people not only listening to hear this, but I wanted people, you know, that are following me on social media to see this as well. So they have like, you know, there's a connection there and people are like, they can learn and connect with each other, um, learn from and connect with each other. So, uh, let's just get started. Let's do it. We're just gonna <laughs> go back and forth. These yeah. reading them. So the first one, I'm only going to say the people's first names just in case, I don't know if they care about whatever privacy, but <laughs> we're saying their first names, unless they've been a guest on this show, then they're getting their whole name said. Okay. First, right. first, middle, and last. I think that's fair. Honestly, I might even tell their address. <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of reasons why not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ellen said, don't believe everything you think. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, I like that just short and sweet. Um, and that's something that my mind in particular races a lot and will very much I'll put blinders on. And I can only think that. And it's like you almost tell stories to yourself. You're just like constantly telling some st stories and you don't really know if they're true at all. Like they could just be your opinions or they could just be totally, you're just lying to yourself, but they're not rooted in fact at all. They're just stories you're telling yourself. And yeah, you should not believe everything you think. Yeah. Thoughts are not truths. They're just thoughts. Yes. Uh, okay. So this one from Katie Gangler who's been on the show twice. Yeah, she's and, a, a repeater. And is Emery's sister. We love her. She is a therapist. She's all right. And she, <laughs> she said, not everything your therapist says or believes is correct. Therapists mess up too. I think that is so cool for a therapist to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so healthy. Because I think a lot of us treat our therapists like they're these like gods high up on the mountain that... You know, we can really get misguided if we're just trying to follow what they say instead of following our interpretation of what they say, you and know, our choices. Therapists make mistakes. They're humans. Like, just like us, they're going to make mistakes. Many of these therapists go to therapy as well. Like, mm -hmm. they're going to make mistakes. They're going to say something maybe they wish they didn't say. They're going to have a long day. I can tell sometimes when my therapist is, like, just particularly tired. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, he is, he is beat from today. And that's okay. Like, we're just here to connect. And, you know, he helps me. But I also understand, like, he's not going to be totally perfect every day. I can't expect that from him because he's a person. Yeah. And they, you know, as much as they are experts in their fields, they don't know us as much as we know us. Yeah. So I think you have to choose the advice that you want to or are ready to take from your therapist as well. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're... Maybe if you've been with them for 20 years or something, they'll really start to know you really well and be pretty on point with stuff. But yeah, I think you've got, you've got to have yourself as a guide first and foremost. Uh, next one is from Katie Kabitsky. 
Katie is friend of the show. She's been on the show before. She was on one of our first shows when we were recording at Spalding with one mic. Um, her, she said, your anxiety, and I actually do know her address and her middle name, so I can give out all of her information. <laughs> uh, your anxiety has helped you achieve great things, but may not serve you in the best ways anymore. And she put that in quotes, so I assume the therapist said that to her. And I think that's very interesting. Your anxiety, like, you know, of the different things that you've accomplished in life, that maybe it did help you. And, like, it was pretty great in some regard. But, like, is it is it good anymore? Like, is it is it is it productive anymore? Or is it something you need to actually focus on and get help and support with? So, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, because anxiety is, like, compulsive thinking. And I think you can really learn to... I think we can teach ourselves to trust those compulsions so much because they've led to great outcomes in our lives. So then we think, okay, the, I need the anxiety. The anxiety is what keeps me motivated. motivated. It's what keeps me doing things. And, you know, that's not always true. Like it, it does, you know, I think it's good to recognize that it has its gifts, but it's also recognizing that you don't, you might have to let go of some of it and learn when is the moment to let my anxiety tell me what I need to be doing. And when is the moment where I need to say, Hey, anxiety, like, thank you, but you can be excused right now. I'm I'm not. Yeah. Get lost, buddy. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. Anxiety. You're not welcome anymore. (laughs) Okay. So the next one is from Emily. And uh, she says, you're not defined by your worst moments. So stop basing your daily life off of those decisions slash moments. Wow. That's awesome. I like that she put worst in quotes as well. Because, like, who is to determine it's the worst moment? Like, you know, it's kind of it's like those stories that you make up in your head. Like, you know, to some other people, it's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, especially if you have, like, perfectionist tendencies, like, you know, people will be like, oh, this was great. And then you're just like so focused on the little itty bitty things that went wrong. And it's like, well, did they even really go quote unquote wrong at all? Like, I don't know. Very subjective there. But I, uh, I repeat, I, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm trying to say, put words together. <laughs> it's just, I'm just going to hand it over to you. Oh, and I forgot to say she followed up with you are 100% worthy every morning you wake up. I love that. I love that self-love. We need that. What her comment, her first comment reminds me of is just something I read about as humans. We've just learned just by in a, you know, bioevolutionary way to remember the negative experiences. Cause that's like the survivalist thing, right? Mm -hmm. Remember when these bad things happened so that you can keep yourself safe. Yeah. But in the modern world, we don't have any like lions chasing us around or, you know, neighboring tribes trying to kill us. Yeah. So it's like, we don't need to do that. So it's like this active undoing of like our, our brain's natural tendency towards emphasizing negative experiences over positive ones. Yes. Um, all right. Elizabeth said therapy absolutely taught me that I'm neither a failure nor a piece of crap. She didn't use the word crap. Uh, she said no exaggeration and 
yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that and love that for her. Um, love that she's experienced that from therapy because, you know, some people actually have had negative experiences with therapy too. And I love that she's had that positive experience and it's, you know, it's taught her that something that she's, she's a great person. I know her personally, she is a great person and that she's not a failure at all. She's accomplished many great things. Also, it's the failure is the same thing as the worst moments. It's like so subjective and it's like our emphasis on negative moments and negative things. So yeah, very cool. Negativity bias. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Our brains have a negativity bias. Um, yeah. Uh, I had to learn that lesson in therapy too. Um, because I do tend to be really hard on myself and it's like, yeah, therapists can really give you that perspective to be like, nope, we, none of us have to think that way. It's so great to be able to talk to someone, even like a friend who's just like offers you a different perspective. You know, I have this sometimes with my roommate or some other friends, like, and you present this and you're like, oh, and they, you know, respond back. And it's like, I never thought of it from that perspective before. And maybe I'm just being too hard on myself. And actually this isn't as big of a deal or like nobody really noticed that you had poop on your shoe the whole party. So like, you know, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Actually, people probably would notice that because you'd be tracking them. The it would smell. It would smell. You track it everywhere, and they'd be like, "This guy has poop on his shoe." <laughs> <laughs> All right, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one is from Amber, and she said, "I learned I had a lot of unprocessed trauma around how other medical professionals had treated me and not treated me for obesity." There were years and years of comments so insidious that I had internalized a lot of narratives I knew were wrong, even when I actively said I didn't believe them. Also, telehealth rocks. Yes, it does. Wow. I, I've used it some over COVID, but yeah, it's really good for a lot of people. Oh, man. Yeah, but the amount of like body shaming that takes place among medical professionals is just so disturbing. Cause again, just like therapists, they're these, like uh, the, these figures, these authority figures that we trust and look to for advice. And then when they're the ones that are telling you there's something wrong with you yeah. when there's absolutely not, no matter what your body shape is, it's just, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. And Amber, thank you for sharing that. I've had friends with very similar experiences where they've actually had to find doctors that are not fat phobic, which is more, it's harder than you think. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely appreciate Amber sharing that. Um, I'll go to Ashley next. Ask the question. Ashley has a lot. (laughs) There's several on here. Uh, Ask the questions that scare you the most. The answers are usually not as bad as we feared. And if they are, there is relief in knowing. Yeah, I'm all about asking those questions anyway. So I I definitely appreciate that. And yeah, generally it's like, hey, there's for me, it's relief. Like, I'm just like, okay, at least now I know the answer. Um, Your feelings are valid, but not always accurate. Mm hmm. You can be afraid of something and it not rule your life. You can, yes. You can fail and not be a failure. Yes, yes. Someone else's response actions to a boundary we set or an emotion we share is not your responsibility and you cannot control it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't, I don't even have to elaborate on that one. Uh, 
and uh, da, 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 da. I th oh she had another she had, she kept going. Um, I like when it seems like with these comments sometimes that people are like, oh wait, I remember this one now. Oh now I remember this one. And I like <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, the part that people don't like to hear. Sometimes you are the problem, but there is no rule that you can't that you can't change that. And sometimes you can't go back and change that, but you can be accountable. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like to hear that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never the problem. I don't know what she's It's everybody about. else's fault. Uh, accountability doesn't mean a lifetime of punishment. You are allowed to be safe and accountable. Sometimes you never get an answer or reply, and you have to learn to be okay with that. Whew. Yeah, as someone that loves to respond to everything, and I mean, you'll see it on my face. I mean, this is this is stressful for me to look at because I didn't respond to each person. Like, mm. it's one of those things. Like, especially with something like this, I'm like, oh, I need to go back and say a comment or elaborate on something to every person, and I just honestly don't. I don't think I have the energy to do it, or maybe even the time. Um, but that also applies to many other things too. Uh, and on the flip, you don't owe anyone an explanation for caring for yourself exactly and the last one is no is a full sentence Whew. so many truth bombs yeah actually actually killed it here i uh there's a lot of good stuff that last one is really big for me because that's something i'm learning as i'm trying to cope with my social anxiety and therapy i'm realizing that one of the things i do is i really like over explain when i can't do something yes and I'm really trying to learn how to not do that. I mean, I think it comes from it comes from anxiety, but it also comes from a good place of like, for example, if I know that this event is really important to someone and I can't make it, I think it's fair to give them a good reason why. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But if someone's just asking you to go to a bar, you don't have to tell them your life story about why you can't go to the bar that night. Yeah. Which exactly. is what I do. You can just say no. No thanks. I think it's important Have fun. <laughs> with a lot of these things is to practice with with people you trust. Like, yeah. you know, we do this in like workshops all the time where like with stuff with work. But like why not practice this with like your close group of friends, like practicing situations where you're going to say no and like learning how to just be okay just saying no. Um so yeah, lots of good stuff there. Uh Lizzie? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in her big post that I wanted to comment on. But uh, yeah, it was just truth bombs. No other comments from me. Just yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so the next one is from Susan. And Susan said, empathy becomes expensive when you have it for everyone but yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I like that adjective expensive because it, it is, it is really, it drains you. Yeah. It's not just like when you think of that word, you think of like money, but it's like, it can apply to money, but it can apply to simply like draining everything out of you. Yeah. Like how costly it is to you, like in your own stability and mental health. Yeah. And it's like, it just really underlines the importance of self-compassion um, because there are so many really empathetic people who don't have self-compassion. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely one of those people. So it's like, yeah, apply the same empathy you apply to other people. You have to apply it to yourself or you're just gonna, yeah, get totally drained. Maggie said, what other people say and think about you is none of your business. 
It is their own opinions based on their own life experiences and has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Ooh, man, I, I feel like some of these comments I just could like just talk about for 20 minutes. Like there's just so much richness in this in this one statement and, uh, and many of the other statements we've read as well. Just like I could just go forever on that. Um, yeah. Thank you, Maggie, for sharing that. Yeah. And um, that that's been a big lesson for me. But I've always been like I remember like in middle school, like the big thing was telling other people like what someone said behind their back. Yeah. And I've always been like, I assume people talk behind my back <laughs> because it's middle school. Yep. And also that's adult life too. Like you were so self-aware at 13. <laughs> <laughs> people are gossipy. People are judgmental. It is humans are judgmental by nature. And, um, it, and it'll control your thoughts to like, think about that. Like, and to waste wait how much time you're wasting. But I don't want to know what people say about me. Like, I'm like afraid of walking into a room when people are talking about me because I just want to be like, la, 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 la. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I'll leave so you can keep talking about me. But please don't tell me what it is. Like, I don't need that in my brain. Um, okay, so the next one is from Ashley. And she says uh, that we are equipped with tools that we aren't even aware that we have. I.e., my therapist and I were talking about my anxiety and nerves. She told me to tell her about a time that I had most recently been nervous. I told her how I've been in leadership for over five years, and in those years I have hosted more team meetings than I can count, but for some reason I always get nervous every time. I've never messed up a team meeting or anything of that nature, but even today I still get nervous. She gave me homework to write out step-by-step step what I do from the moment I get nervous to the moment I go in and rock my team meeting, and I did. She made me identify my own self-help tools that I didn't even realize I had that can now be used to calm my nerves and anxiety and other high-intensity situations. There's so much more. This one is just one of my favorites. Boom. I love that. I love the part about she made me identify my own self-help tools that I didn't even realize I had. We don't realize it all the time. Like we have, we've learned so many great things to help us with every day and every situation. We don't even realize they're already in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. We go around thinking we don't have any of these tools when actually our toolbox has a lot of stuff in there. And I just, I love that Ashley shared this. And being conscious of those self-help tools makes you feel more in control. Yeah. And makes you just make you feel like, oh, I'm just I'm scared of meetings, but it always works out OK by some magic. It's like, no, you're the magic. You're the one doing it. Also, I love the the just authentic connection made here between Ashley, who I've known way back when from school and then Sharice, who is one of my friend's moms. And Sharice asked for Ashley's name of the therapist. Ashley gave the phone number to her. And then they both also realized they're both in Florida. <laughs> so, like, wow. they just made such an authentic little New connection. New besties. Yeah. You know, I'm just always connecting people or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so good. Okay, next one was Casey. Casey said that it's okay to think about yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we feel guilty. To, or we feel like we're being self-absorbed or selfish to think about ourselves. And it's like, actually, you kind of have to think about yourself first before you can apply yourself to anything else throughout the day. I know that when I was first teaching, somebody told me that they're like, dude, if you're not okay, your kids aren't going to be okay. Like, you can't be your best self. Like, you can't bring your best self and get the best out of your students if you're not bringing your best self. So you got to take care of yourself first. So yeah, definitely think of yourself first. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like I think of, of myself too much, and that's kind of my problem. So I kind of lean the other way where I have to remember, like, don't think about yourself so much, like, because yeah. you're just driving yourself crazy. Uh, but I think that's great advice for a lot of people. Um, so this one's this next one's from Richard. He says, I'm with someone who's going through life with someone who's in therapy. Oh, I'm someone who is going. Okay. Who's going through life with someone who's in therapy. Okay. I think a lesson I've learned, which is equally important to those people learn in therapy, is this. Although those in therapy can learn to cope with the world the way I do, I cannot understand the struggle, the struggles those with mental health issues go through. Therefore, I cannot expect that person to keep up with me or handle things the way, quote, everyone else does. I believe, understanding not everyone shares my worldview, that God made me stronger to protect and carry my person through their weakness and to do so without expectation of recompense. Is that how you say that word? Recompense? <laughs> We're smart. <laughs> you know when you feel like you're I've really... I've read that word, but I've never said it out loud. It's one of those words I've never said out loud. <laughs> I was like... Recompense. <laughs> Recompense. <laughs> I think it's French, so it's recompense uh, sorry uh, patience and empathy are incredible adult life lessons that people think they've learned however I doubt people truly understand just how advanced those disciplines are so almost like this person saying that like you know if you're a person who is not in therapy and thinks that you're somehow superior or somehow people in therapy are, you know, less capable, um, that that's not true, that people who are going through that are actually extremely capable because they're dealing with all of this stuff that, you know, the high functioning person not in therapy isn't dealing with. Exactly. I like, I like hearing from a perspective of someone who isn't in therapy, but is lives with someone who is and is going through these things and kind of brings that different perspective and angle from. So I, I appreciate that response a lot. You're a good partner, Richard. Good job. Um, Hal said, sometimes therapy helps even when it appears not to, or sometimes the lessons we get from therapy are like seeds that are planted that come to fruition later. Ooh, I like this. I was in therapy for about eight months in my twenties. It was one of four rounds I engaged in some for years the therapist kept asking me session after session, how do you take care of yourself? I never had an answer. I had no idea what she meant. I quit therapy because it wasn't helping. And then one evening, after a particularly stressful day at work, suffering a migraine, I was driving home and picked up my favorite thing to eat, went home and drew a hot bath, lit candles, put on some meditation music, and sat in the tub of hot water eating. Suddenly, I heard my therapist ask from nowhere, how do you take care of yourself? Suddenly, I was like, ooh. <laughs> or maybe he said, oh. I don't know which one it is. I think it's oh. Because <laughs> there's an H on the end. The guy said, ooh. <laughs> ooh is more fun. <laughs> because i never taken care of myself and didn't know what that meant. But somehow, after her asking hundreds of times, it had sunk into my subconscious and laid root to a very important self-preservation skill. Boom. I love that. Yeah. How just laying down the truth. I love that something that he heard in therapy from so many years ago, didn't really think it applied, didn't think it was working. And then all of a sudden, like he realized that he was doing it. Like this is how he's taking care of himself. Um, very cool. I talked about that 
in our last recording um, how there's so many lessons from therapy that I'm just therapists have been telling me for years and years that are just finally clicking now. Yeah. It's it just it, it's true. Like they are just planting seeds. It must be so frustrating for therapists. <laughs> They're just like, all right, come on. Like I've been saying, yeah, the therapist knew that you finally understood like years later. Like, okay, now you get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next one is from Anise. Anise said, I can be right or I can be in, in a relationship, but sometimes not both. And I get to choose with whom I'm in a relationship. I can't change other people. I can only change me. Wow, that's like a lot packed into a few words. I'm still trying to like wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, I think it's about being independent in a relationship in some ways. And you get to choose those relationships. Like, especially like French, I'm thinking of like the friendships that I talked about earlier, those toxic friendships. Like I get to choose those and I, I'm not going to be able to change them at all. I cannot do anything to change who they are. I have to accept who they are. I can only work on me. And change maybe how I respond to certain things. So if I'm like, oh, this person's treating me like crap, the way I can respond to it is just like, well, I'm just not going to hang out or talk to this person anymore. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think there's a truth in relationships here, which if, if you're just trying to be right in an argument, like that's really not a step towards a good relationship. Meg said, what I want matters. People who have taught me the opposite are... A holes <laughs> and do not deserve access to me or my energy. I have to, we have to be careful with what words we say on air. Uh, yeah. What you want does matter. It's very important. And it's very important to, to know those and to be aware of like the things that you want and need and to express that too. And I think for just myself, that's taken so long to be like, Hey, like tell people what you want, tell people what you need because <laughs> they can't just guess what you want or what you need. And People who teach you the opposite, yeah, they are jerks, and they don't deserve access to you or your energy. Like, you need those people to not be in your life so you can move forward. Yeah, you want people who really want to know what you want. Yeah. Like, I want, if Lizzie needs something or wants something and says it to me, the, the right response for me to be is like, okay, let's, let's do that. Instead of me being like, oh, meh, 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 meh. like, I'm not going to be a jerk about it because I'm your friend. So, yeah. like, that's the people you, you want those people in your life. So, yeah. Lizzie, I'm saying you want me in your life. Yeah, you're <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Don't <laughs> resent people for their needs. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, the next one is from Stevie. And Stevie says, do you think they think that or do you know they think that? Basically, stop guessing what other people are thinking and making choices based on that. Oof, man, this is one, this is probably one of my top lessons learned in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was framed a different way for me, um, was that it's not always the worst thing. So yeah. I, I tend to think whatever people are thinking about me is the worst possible interpretation of my behavior, that they're thinking the worst possible thing. And that's mind reading. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's something we do to you know, try to protect ourselves or protect the way other people see us, but we're not mind readers. So it's really unhealthy to do it. Yeah. Like when I walk into the party and I have poop all over my shoe, like I might be thinking like, Oh, that's what people are thinking. But maybe they're thinking like, wow, Emery has such pretty blue eyes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe your, your piercing blue eyes are making them forget the poo smell 
emanating from your shoe. <laughs> That's what I love that. I love that from Stevie. Um, I used to give Stevie's. I used to give Stevie's. I used to give Stevie rides to school when we were in high school. Oh, that's yeah. nice. You know, uh, Dylan, who is a Dylan Holland friend and fan of the show, he's been on the show before. He said, "Sounds fatalistic, but the best advice I got from therapy is that there's no permanent solution to bipolar, but knowing the shape of your own demon lets you master it. Treatment is about self knowledge." Ooh, that was like poetic. <laughs> I want to like snap. Dylan is Dylan's like that. He's got a way with words. I love him. Wordsmith. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that, I feel like bipolar just is something that must be so difficult to deal with. And um, it really sucks with a lot of mental illness um, that there's no permanent solution. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I've had to accept. It's like when I talk about my mental illness as being like a monster, I have to accept that the monster is here with me for my life. And so, like, how can I manage that and shape that into some way that makes me productive and thrive as opposed to like letting it consume me or being like, Oh, I can just get rid of it. Like, no, I, I really can't. And, and knowing that and accepting that allows me to move on process and learn how to adjust my behaviors, my attitudes. And you know, yeah, I just, I love that last part about treatment is about self-knowledge. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah, you do. You learn so much about yourself through conquering those like demons as they as he called him and yeah it's um i used to think that i used to hope the solution was in a pill that was my big thing yeah. for a long time oh that's a, that's a lot of people's big thing and in a pill. wow that i'm here to tell you i have tried <laughs> so many of them <laughs> almost all of them i think and haven't found the solution yet, so... Yeah, I've tried Flintstone vitamins and lithium all the way to... <laughs> I seriously can't find a solution there. The whole range. Okay, so this next one is from Danny. And Danny said, you don't have to apologize for saying no. Yep. Similar to another one we got. Uh, just in, in light of time, we'll move to Sam's. Okay, so Sam's... Uh, well, actually, Emery. Oh, this Emery guy. He sounds... He sounds handsome and cool. <laughs> he said, I love all of these so much. Thank you all for sharing. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible joke. Uh, so moving on to Sam. Sam said, don't let others pull you into their room of dysfunction. Your room of function and their room of dysfunction are connected by a hallway, so you can still hear what they are saying and doing. Just don't let them pull you down the hall into their room of dysfunction. Also, the boundaries you draw for yourself. Imagine them as jello. Things can get through if they really need to, but it's protective for both things coming in and out of your boundary. Ooh, okay. New way to think of jello. Yeah. And so she also said, Oh, you can't control your feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. You can only control the way your feelings make you behave. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Man, I have tried to control my feelings so many times. Again, mostly with pills. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like the way I felt last night, like those feelings, you know, I'm glad I had them. I mean, I could have tried to suppress them, but I kind of let them out and like, I wasn't, I didn't do anything, but the, my, my behavior from that wasn't, you know, I wasn't going and I wasn't doing negative, terrible things. It was just like, I was letting myself feel that when I get sad, I let myself feel it now. And I used to not do that at all. Um, but I love the, the talk about dysfunction function also with boundaries too. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. The jello boundary thing is nice because if you put a brick wall 
then that really doesn't give you a lot of room to to grow and and try to learn from and with your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Maybe your boundary was too they intense. Change. Yeah, they change. Yes, they change over time, just like Jello. I don't really know what happens to Jello over time, but I'm sure there's some stuff. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess I eat it too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I never know because it's gone in a minute. Food for thought. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really bad pun. It's terrible, but I love it. So we're, we actually are out of time, but we have a few others um, that were shared by... I really do appreciate everyone that shared. Um, these are wonderful, and you never know who they're going to help. You honestly have no idea. So we're going to save a few of these other ones for another show. We just honestly have... We had too many great responses, um, yep. and I'm gonna. We're gonna keep doing this on our Facebooks and Instagram, Facebooks, <laughs> Facebooks and Instagrams on the <laughs> internet. Uh, we're gonna keep sharing these because we want to hear from people, and it's great to have people come on the show and everything. But also, it's just great to hear people in that setting. And sometimes that's way more comfortable for people. They're not as comfortable coming on a show and talking about their feelings for 50 minutes. They're more like, hey, like I'll just share a couple little quick bits. Mm-hmm. And you never know who these are helping. So thank you all so much again for sharing that. We really do appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. So much wisdom. Uh, so as usual, we'll end with gratitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start. And I'm going to take a cheap one, which is Great. I'm really thankful for all of those people who responded. God, you took the easy one. <laughs> I'll give another one too, but I'm just really grateful for people who are willing to, to open up like that on social media. Cause that's a huge audience. Um, and I hope that some of you at least will consider coming on the show. Um, yeah, it really opens my mind to like, okay, who, who have we not invited on the show? Who have we not talked to? And I just, you hear from different perspectives you're like, Oh, like I didn't, I didn't know this person talked like this or like thought this way. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So my, what I'm grateful for... Oh, wait. I said I was going to give another one, too. Oh, okay. My bad. I haven't thought of it because I took a, a cheap shot. Oh, yeah. You took the easy route. Um, I guess my other one would be uh, that I'm thankful that I can do hard things. Mm. Um, there's uh, actually, I think it was a PsyD student at Spalding who put something on a chalkboard. It just says, you can do hard things with a little heart. And I've been using it to as like a little mantra for myself of like, especially right now with struggling with a lot of change in my life is just like, I'm really thankful that I can do hard things. Mine's going to be really corny. I just thought of it too. Usually I like, I'm prepared with this. I'm thankful for my years on earth. (laughs) No, that's good. Uh, I feel so corny saying it, but I think of, you know, I'm about to enter 35 and I, you know, a part of me is like, oh, I should have been here in life and I should have been doing this. And I should have, you know, a lot of it's like, I should have kids by now and I should be married and I should have this white picket fence life and going to Florida on vacation. It's like, I don't have that. And that's okay. I'm really grateful. All the experiences I've had, they've made me into the person I am today, including the really, really difficult, awful, awful experiences, especially with mental health related. And I'm just grateful to be here and to be able to have another year on this earth. I think of... You know, if not too long ago, I mean, last year I went to the hospital, a few years ago I went to the hospital, and before, years before that I went to the hospital because I attempted suicide, and I think, like, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful to be here. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, man, like, you almost didn't make it. Like, you, like, you wouldn't be sitting here today based off of some things that happened in the past. So I just have to remind myself to be grateful for that because it is another day, and it's another year, 
and it's okay where I am in life. It's totally cool. I'm I'm proud of myself, and I'm happy where I am. So. Yeah. yeah. Booyah. And all, all of that prescriptive stuff about when you're supposed to be married and when you're supposed to have that white picket fence and all of that crap. Like it is just everyone. It's so different for everyone. Yeah. And you can't define success by that. That. <laughs> I'm grateful for whatever that noise is. Um, <laughs> it's a monster outside. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can't you can't define success by that capitalist bullcrap version of it. Yeah, like I agree. Everybody has different goals to reach. Everybody has different purposes in this life. Not everyone's meant to get married. Not everyone's meant to have kids. Not everyone's meant to own a house. Like that's okay. It's, it's okay. all good. It's all good. All of it's good. All right, guys. Well, um, this was fun. This was fun. Again, yeah. thanks to everybody who submitted for the surveys. Look out for more of those in the near future. And uh, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.